You are listening to The Rant with David King. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. Doggy do on his shoes. Billy's dad is a fudge packer. Millions, as you witnessed, who are scared right now. What do you say to Americans who are watching you right now who are scared? Uh, I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. Go ahead. I've been saying it. I've been saying it for 10 damn years. Ain't I been saying it, Miguel? Huh? I've been saying it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Rant. Mm. Good. It's good to be back. Happy New Year 2022 on this Monday. Hopefully it's treating you good. I'm going to tell you, we're already off to a rocky start. It is, what time is it? It's like 10 o'clock, Monday. And I don't know if you're living in the South, anywhere in the South, you probably experienced something very similar to what uh, I experienced uh, last night, me and my wife. I couldn't sleep. Um, I I don't know about you guys, but I, you know, I, the, the holidays... They tend to, they tend to mess up my schedule, like my sleep schedule completely, because there's a lot of time off, and so generally by the time New Year's Eve weekend is wrapping up and Monday's approaching and we're going back to work, I'm like ah, wide awake at one o'clock in the morning. And I can't fall asleep, <clears throat> and so that was certainly the case last night. Well, I'm getting ready to go to bed, and I'm laying there, and it the wind is howling, and I mean howling like I have never heard uh since probably that time that hurricane passed over a few years back it was pretty crazy it was making all kinds of crazy noises we had um it i'm pretty sure my chimney cap was coming off or at least rattling something metallic on my house was rattling i walked around it today did not see what it was but nonetheless um we have a lot of tall lengthy pine trees and they're not like it's not like a Christmas tree type of pine tree, you know what I mean? It's real, real long, and they're tall, and they just have they're real kind of skinny. And I'm telling you, so my wife she was sound asleep, she's snoring, sawing logs, and then of course the wind really picked up, and it just woke her. It woke her up, and I was a little worried. I was kind of like, ah, oh, man, it's pretty, pretty terrifying out there. You know what I mean? And, and I was a little worried maybe a tree would get, fall over. We've had nothing but tons and tons and tons of rain. The, the ground's very saturated. That's a big problem around here is the ground saturates so much bad with all the rain we get. And then trees just uproot. So I was a little worried about that. And my wife got up, um, and she said she was equally as concerned as I was. So we ended up moving to the to downstairs 
to to be somewhat safer, as safe as you can be from a tree falling on your house. And I just stood out the backyard and, you know, watched these trees just bend. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm going to tell you something. We are so blessed. Everybody on on uh, my my city block, I would say, is extremely blessed uh, that we only had, from what I could see, one tree fell down. And we could hear stuff like hitting the ground all night. I heard one tree hit the ground, uh, and we found out later that it was in my neighbor's yard. But it fell, and it, it only hit the fence, uh, the neighbor's fence. So nobody got hurt. Nothing looked like it got seriously damaged except for the metal uh, chain leak fence. So that's good. Uh, we have that going for us. Uh, but, um, you know, it's it, it kept me up all night. It was like, oh, my goodness. I didn't – we got, like, no sleep. So I was planning on going into work today, like a normal day and starting off, but it, it just got such a late start it didn't work out. So we're already off to it big time in 2022. Big storms, trees bending like rubber bands. And uh, needless to say, thankfully nobody was hurt and it doesn't look like too much property damage. Uh, my mother, who lives in Tennessee, she got a ton of snow. I think they got like two or three inches, but it are, it's already starting to melt. So, uh, you know, no big deal there. And uh, my mother-in-law, she's up in Blue Ridge, and they got they equally got a bunch of snow as well. So, um, and of course, that you know, yesterday, what what was it? 70, 72 degrees out, and now here it is, thirty something, forty degrees out, cold, wind blowing. Um, that's the South in a nutshell, for sure. It's hotter most days than not here, but when it gets cold, this is how it usually works. It works where it's, it's very warm. And then the next day, suddenly out of nowhere, it's extremely cold. When I grew up in Michigan, uh, it didn't feel like it was that way at all. Um, it certainly felt like it was pretty consistent. It, it would, we had more cooler days than warmer days for sure. But it, it was one of those things where it was like a gradual transition into the other season. Whereas with Georgia, you have basically two seasons, extremely hot and then cold. And sometimes that cold can be extremely cold, and sometimes it's a mild cold, but nonetheless it's cold. And when I say mild cold, I mean like 40s, you know, thir- high 30s, low 40s, uh, something that would be considered mild to somebody who grew up in Michigan where cold to us is like 10 degrees out, you know, with a wind chill factor of zero. So – uh, nonetheless, though, I'm just glad nobody was heard and everything was fine. But boy, was that a long night. Um, but on that note, a happy new year to everybody. We're off to 2022. We're still dealing with COVID tw- uh, two years later, two years now to flatten the curve. We're dealing with the Omicron variant. We're not going to talk about that today. I'm not interested in talking about coronavirus and all that stuff. Um, this, this is a new uh, rant format. Uh, I'm Started the ramp back up last year, and we, we, then we went away, and I'm happy to be back. And the, the, the plan is to indefinitely do the ramp for the rest of the year. So please, uh, if, you, if you enjoy this podcast or if you enjoyed it in the past, please tell your friends, uh, like and share it. And you can get this podcast on any of the channels in which you normally would listen to a podcast. We get out of Apple, Spotify, things of that nature. Uh, you can also go to our website directly and listen to it there. Some of some exciting things to announce with the rant is the things that are going to be changing 
primarily, it's not going to be just me all the time. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting some guests to come speak. Uh, I got a whole new setup here. I've got a nice little mixer. Uh, I've got a bunch of mics now. And so uh, eventually I will have my studio built. Right now I'm still working out of my little office, but this office will be converted into more of a podcast studio soon. So we'll be doing uh, long-form interviews and having guest speakers on. We're just going to talk about all kinds of things. We'll talk about uh, we'll talk about like the news. We'll talk some politics. Politics will always be brought up, folks. If you don't like the politics, it will be in the show notes. You can skip that show and, and listen to another one. We, we don't want to be as political as we were before uh, or as I was before. Um, you know, the reason why I stopped doing the rant last year was because I just didn't feel good about it. I, I knew I, I love doing podcasts. I love being behind the mic. Um, but the thing about it was is like I felt like I was forcing myself into this kind of pigeonholed uh, situation. I didn't want to be, say, a, a Rush Limbaugh, per se, of, poly, of podcasting. Um, those are some pretty big shoes to fill in any situation, but um, I, I, that's just not what I wanted to do ever, really. I, I like talking about politics. Um, it's fun. You know, I'm, I very much have my opinions, and I have my ideas, and we can go, we can talk about that. But uh, I do like the news and all that stuff as well, and, and those will be topics, but I love, there's so many other things that interest myself, and I know that interest my listeners, and we just want to get into that, and uh, hopefully we can appeal to uh, maybe a little bit of a broader audience. So those are some things to look forward to, and I'm really excited about it. Um, another thing, too, is we have, for sure, as of right now, one other new podcast coming up this week week and it'll be starting this week as well it'll be a two show a week podcast although it may only start off as one a week because uh the format will be wednesday sunday the wednesday shows may not start up right away just because of the way i'm going to be formatting the wednesday shows uh i'll get into more details about it here in a moment let's play the int the i'm excited about this i've told nobody about this podcast Nobody knows, except for my wife. She knows about it. This is one of the reasons why we invested in the equipment. Um, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to kind of tease it with this ad, and then we can, we, we'll, I'll, I'll kind of go into the details of it. All right? Here we go. It isn't like you can walk outside and profess your faith in Christ anymore and expect them to even understand what that means. It's like, okay, who? Why? What makes you even right? How do you know? You're dealing with an entirely different type of non-believer today. These are not your parents' atheists. You can't expect people who don't know to get it. And, and let me tell you, they don't know. God has commanded us to go out and be a witness 
to the gospel that is Jesus Christ. So that's what I'm going to do with this podcast. One episode at a time, every week. We will help people to understand who Jesus is and why he is, in fact, the Lord of Lords, the one and only true God. The time to step up is now. The time to get out and minister is now for everybody, not just me. The time for you to get up and go out there and witness to the world is now. We can't live in fear anymore. We can't hide in the shadows. We have to get into the culture. We have to get into the the filth. And we gotta pull them up out of it. They can't save themselves. They don't know. This podcast is gonna help you do that. All right. It's a little intense. A little intense. The podcast, No Apologies, Apologetics, with me, David King, will be airing every Sunday as of this Sunday. The first episode will drop this Sunday, uh, and we will do it for, I'll be doing it for the year, and I hope to, it works. Um, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things that, um, I felt was weighing heavy on my heart. I found myself as much as I love to talk about the news or the, or, or politics, I found that I loved, um, uh, talking about God with people, especially people who don't believe. And I felt myself enjoying friendly debate, but I also enjoyed myself, uh, you know, talking about God to people who didn't know who he was. They, they just don't know. And you'll find in, is that a lot of people do not know who God is. They have an idea of Christianity. They, they think they know what Christianity is based off of maybe a movie they've seen or something of like that, but they really don't know. And as Christians ourselves, we're called to be a witness and minister to, to these people. The whole purpose of why we're here on earth is to witness and minister to non-believers, is to bring people to Christ. Um, if, if you ever want to know what is your purpose on this earth, that is your purpose, uh, is to go out there and, and, and bring people to God. So I felt that um, that was where God was leading me at the moment, uh, in this moment, is to, to do that kind of uh, show where I can – you know, really help and reach out and, and talk about Christ and help people maybe who, who want to do that too and maybe don't know how. Uh, I think apologetics is probably the best f- way to do it, especially in the world we live in today with people who are just so on the other spectrum of, of in terms of what they know and what they believe. It's, it's tough out there. It's, 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 it's brutal. Um, it's not like it was 50 years ago. And we'll get into all that on the show, and I'm really, really excited about it, guys. And I and I hope you tune in. And I know, look, I'm not a perfect person. I'm not, I'm not some model person. But I believe that 
none of us are perfect. All of us are sinners. We're all in this together, and I'm going to do my part, and I think my part is going to be this is doing this podcast. And so it's called No Apologies, or excuse me, yeah, No Apologies, Apologetics with David King. Uh, it will be on all the places where you get your podcasts, and uh, it's going to be every Sunday. And like I said, it will be two episodes a week, so it'll be Sunday will be the main sermon, and then Wednesday – uh, we'll do special, uh, there'll be a special shows. And what I'm hoping to do for Wednesdays is do interviews with uh, pastors, uh, prominent people in the faith, um, some friends of mine that are also very much into apologetics. I have a friend who's named Philip. Uh, he's very, very knowledgeable in it, probably almost more knowledgeable than me. Just after speaking with him about it for like 10 or 15 minutes, he's very, he's a real smart guy. And I'm excited to get him on. Uh, he has a podcast of his own. Uh, roll call, and we'll get him in on there. We'll talk about that. Um, so that'll be Wednesdays, but it won't always probably be every Wednesday. It's going to be very dependent on whether or not I can get somebody in. It, it's tough right now. A lot of a lot of pastors are very busy. A lot of people are are just uh you know busy with their schedule, and it's hard to get the time to make the show. But we'll, we'll do it as best we can. But definitely every Sunday for sure. Um, and, and then maybe we'll do some sermon series or something for, for, for Wednesday nights too if we can't get uh, um, an interviewer or something or a special guest or something in. Either way, that's the format that we're going to be going with. And I'm really, really excited about it. And I would really hope and I pray that uh, y'all would help me um, if you listen to it. If you like it, by all means, please tell everybody, tell your friends and family about it and help me uh, to get the word out there. Uh, and assist me in that. It, it, but if you don't like it and you don't want to tell your friends, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, you will be able to reach out to me and leave your comments uh, uh, on the notes of the show and everything like that on social media and our email, just like you can with this show. You can reach me at this show all the time. You can go onto Facebook. Uh, you can go onto your social media, like on Instagram, look for The Rant with David King. You can also email me at therant.davidking at gmail.com. And, uh, no, I'm sorry. I got that backwards. I'm being told I got that. Okay, davidking.therant at gmail.com. You can do that. You can go on there, and you can uh, reach out to me. You can email me if you have a comment or concern, or maybe you heard something weird like a pop or a fizz or a fuzzle. Maybe my mic cuts out. Uh, something as simple as that helps, guys. Uh, this is a, this is a, basically a one-man army over here, and uh, you know your comments and critiques are welcome. And if you have something you want to add to the show, maybe I missed something. I would love to hear it, especially – uh, when it comes to uh, the No Apologetics podcast, that would be fantastic to hear your feedback. I would love that so much. So look forward to that uh, every Sunday. It should post up Sunday morning. Uh, it'll be there for you. All right, so that's exciting. I'm really, really looking forward to that, and uh, thank you for, for listening to that ad. Now, uh, so much is going on in the new year, but one of the biggest things that I love about the new years as well. We're wrapping up college football. Now I've already spoken about the one of the number one thing in the South. The number two thing in the South is college football. And quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned, the number two thing all over the world is college football. And so we just wrapped off the semifinal playoffs for, for the big natty. And it looks like, unfortunately my Wolverines got their just got their butts kicked. I mean, there's just no way of getting around it. But you know what, though? Uh, the Michigan, Michigan Wolverines, my football team, had a phenomenal season. Just a phenomenal season. Such a great year. We were expected to be fourth in the Big Ten. Ended up 
being ended up winning the Big Ten. You know, they, they were saying eight and four, six and six at worst, and they just didn't know where Michigan was going to be. And we ended up they ended up winning was it twelve and two or twelve, you know, and so um, just a phenomenal season. You know, it was, it, it was fun to watch. Every game was a you know fighting through it and learning. That's the kind of football I live for. I love that with college football. It's very little. Um, unless you're an Alabama fan, it's on, there's very little uh, for sures in college football. You just never know. And so when we went to go play Georgia, I kind of had in the back of my head, like, this is going to be a tough game. Georgia has looked just phenomenal all year. They played just great football and uh, have dominated their competition. The Alabama game was certainly um, – the SEC championship, as I should say, was certainly a shocker to me. I didn't expect it to be that lopsided. Um, maybe, maybe Georgia just got caught with their guard down. Maybe the championship will be different. I don't know, but nonetheless, Georgia showed up and, and played their game and they did it well. And they showed that they're much more, um, they're just further along. They're a much more mature team than Michigan, a much more, uh, condition, obviously higher talent, more five-star recruits. They're just further along in the process, you know, but you know, um, Georgia's like that fine wine. It's ready to be packaged up and sold. It's it's ready to go out the door. And Georgia or and Michigan, it just needs just a little more refinement. It needs more time to groom and, and condition and get some other talent in there and and uh, and, and work on that. That's that is just the nature of college football and, and the nature of where Michigan has been the entire for the last decade. They've been in rebuild mode. Two coaches finally got Jim Harbaugh in a few years back, and he's been doing a good job. Um, the thing I wanted to talk about today is the playoffs in general. I, I This has been a, a thorn in my side. Honestly, it's been a thorn in my side since the very beginning. It has been one of those things where I can remember the day where my dad told me over the phone, hey, son, or I think it could have been a text message, who knows. But he said, Dave, they're, they're going to be doing, they're, they're finally doing it. We're going to a playoffs. We're getting away from all this BCS nonsense. Uh, of votes and who's the best and who's not the best, and we're gonna finally gonna hash it out on the field. And we're gonna know who's the best team, and the, or the two best teams, and they're gonna go fight it out. And they're gonna be whoever wins that game is gonna be the national t- championship. I thought, oh, this is great. You know, this is fantastic news. And we've all been saying it. We want playoffs. We want a playoff system. The NFL had it. We want it. Why don't we have a playoffs? Oh, you can't play that much. Yeah, you can play that much football. No, everybody knows that you can play more football. It's fine. So, what did we get? My dad says, well, they're starting with four teams. It's like four teams. Yeah, four teams. Oh. I, <laughs> sorry. Uh, four teams. And it's not it's it's less than ideal. And and the the thing about it is is I knew Im- immediately from the get-go, and I think a lot of fans knew this, that four teams it just wasn't going to work. It, it, it wasn't going to solve the problem. The biggest problem, and the reason why we needed a playoffs, was there were so many teams, and so often the, the top five or six teams in the, in the NCAA, they were undefeated. You'd see this quite obviously. So many teams were undefeated, and they were all like, well, who deserves to be at the number one spot? And it would come down to essentially a group of, co- of coaches or, or you know some guys in suits, and they were voting – on who deserves to be number one. And it would go off of, you know, strength of schedule, 
Uh, how well did they play in that schedule? You know, yada, 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 yada. And, and of course, the fans didn't like it because it was like, well, wait a minute. You know, who's to say our schedule wasn't as strong as theirs? Or blah, blah, blah. And it would just cause arguments. And there was always people that were unhappy. So the, ne- the necessary thing to do would be to create a playoff system. And so they did, and it was, but it was only four games. This doesn't really solve, and just a, it, it kind of, or four teams, sorry, four teams. I think I was saying four games. I apologize. Four teams. That doesn't solve your problem. I understand that traditionally the problem, it, there are years where you really only have four teams that are all quite consistent with each other in terms of their win-loss record and how they've played. But eh, there's always those, especially lately, what we have been seeing is we see really one or two very dominant teams. So you have a team like Alabama, for instance, or in this case, Georgia this year for sure, uh, who, who Georgia went undefeated all the way up to the SEC championship. They were very clearly the best team in, in college football at the time before the SEC championship. That obviously kind of scratched some heads and go, well, wait a minute. What if they're not? What if they just didn't play anybody? And again, it's, you just don't know, you know, play that SEC championship four more times and you may have four different outcomes each time. Who knows? You don't know. Um, it's college football, but anyway, this year it's a little more consistent. We know who the top two teams kind of are. And then the other, but the thing is, is like three, four, five, and six are all consistently the same, right? So you have like a one loss record on the rest of those teams. And so that's where the waters get murky. And there's a little, and there, this, there was this talk, and we have this talk every year. Who's going to be in the four? And the, from the get-go, we, I think the, the playoff committee was probably thinking, listen, what's going to happen is Georgia's going to beat Alabama in the SEC championship, and all will write itself. And we don't even have to worry about Alabama being in the, S, in the playoffs. We'll put Baylor or whoever else was up. I'll have to go look at the stats to find out, but... The, the, whoever that was, we knew Michigan was going to be in there. We knew Cincinnati was going to be in there. And it, it, and it was either going to be Georgia or Alabama. Cincinnati, Michigan, Georgia, Alabama. And then that fourth one, that fourth one was the one that was like, well, what's going to happen here? And, of course, Alabama pulls the upset off and, and wins over Georgia and then screws everything up. So now we're having a conversation of, well, okay, Georgia and Alabama are both going to go to the national championship or the playoffs we know Michigan's going to be in there, and then what about Cincinnati? Is Cincinnati going to be in there? Yep. Okay. Should you know there was this kind of argument, and there was even a debate whether or not who, if if another SEC team was even going to be in there, there was kind of a talk like, well, you know, are they going to let Alabama or, or Georgia in? Is you know, so there's all this kind of talk, blah blah blah. And and it's the same conversation every year: who should go? And that that's that problem that we had before the playoffs, which is. Who deserves to be crowned champion? I mean, let's face it, 1997, the last time the University of Michigan won a national championship, they had to share it. They shared a championship. I mean, that's that's insane. Why would those? Why would they do that? Why wouldn't they make those other those two teams play? Especially that year, because it was pretty clear. There was only two teams that were undefeated. Uh, those teams could have played in a bowl game together and, and hashed that out, but it didn't work out that way. So we have this problem, and then they bring in the playoffs to solve that problem, and it doesn't. It just continues to kind of fester or exacerbate that problem. Um, so we need a change. I think we all agree we need a change. Something needs to happen, and I think we all agree that we need to expand the playoffs. The playoffs have to be expanded. 
and I know so, or to, to, a, to more than four teams. And I know what people – there are people out there who, who probably love this setup. They think it's fine. And those people are probably Alabama and Georgia fans, let's face it, or SEC fans for that matter. Um, either way, they'll probably say, oh, no, it's okay. We don't need to worry about that. But, you know, I have my opinion of what it should be. Now, I know this is a stretch. And that's what I wanted to talk about on this, this program today is I want to talk about college football playoffs. And I want to talk about what I think it should be. What, what, what should the playoffs look like going forward? They can change it right now. And we could do this, and it would take very little effort. And, and I really believe this. They'll never do it because – Let's face it, we've been stuck with a four-team playoff for how many years now? And and there's been very little talk, from what I can tell, from the bigwigs to expand it at all. And yet everybody, including sportscasters, announcers, uh, coaches and themselves, everybody has said that we need to um, we need to change the way this playoff setup is going down. It needs to be expanded. It has to be more teams. And yet we have gotten nothing. So this could all just be hot air on my account. But you know what? Let's talk about it. And and honestly, if you're listening and you and you have your own ideas and you hear mine and you don't agree with it, then email then hit me up on social media and let me know. Or uh, maybe you do agree with it, but maybe you'd want to tweak it a little bit. I want to hear what you think. I want to know what your ideas are, what what could be better or or ways to improve uh, the the playoffs. And I've heard a lot. I've heard many, I've gotten to many of debate on social media on it. So let's give a rundown. <clears throat> Right now, there's four t- the playoffs four teams, okay? And the way it's set up basically now is, is uh, <clears throat> excuse me. The way it's set up now is you'll have four teams, and it's usually the top four, all right? And the top four is, you know, based off of all of these kind of parameters that they set up, which is, you know, how many wins you have, your strength of schedule, what, cl- you know, are you a power five conference, all these things, because let's face it, Cincinnati never would be in the top four if it hadn't been that they got, you know, Cincinnati normally would never be in the top four. Let's just put it that way. They won, they had two back-to-back good seasons, so they got they got recognition. So that that the, the, the conference does matter. And all these things are taken into account, and then they vote on it, and then they kind of put whoever's there. And, and most of the time, it's pretty good. Like the, the, the top 10 ranking system for the most part, it works. I know there's times where it's like, well, this, it feels a bit archaic or, or it seems kind of like you scratch your head and go, why is that person at this position or not? And we did see a little bit of that. Um, you know, Alabama, you know, lingers in the top four, even though they lost to an unranked Texas A&M. You could make the argument that if you lose to an unranked team, and based off of how you've been performing that year, which is Alabama has not performed to Alabama standards. But the thing about it is, is, you know, you say that, you go, well, they're not really winning big on these teams that they normally would win big against. You can make the argument, well, they should have dropped down below. They should have dropped maybe to five or six, right? Maybe eight. Because any other team would have. I mean, let's face it. Ohio State, when they lost to Oregon, they dropped. They dropped pretty big. I mean, I think they dropped. They dropped to top ten. I think it was. I have to go back and look. So, I get it. It's Alabama, and Alabama has a kind of a record, and you don't ever, you know, bet against them. But 
that's the problem with the whole ranking system. It's like, well, and, and this is going to lead to my, my point overall why we should set up the playoffs the way we do. Okay, Alabama's Alabama. They lost to Texas A&M, but, yeah, they're still Alabama, and look at their past history and who they are and how they win. Don't take them out of the top four. Okay, fine, fair enough. That's fair enough. Okay. But the problem, so what we need to do then is we need to right that ship at the end of the season, okay, when these teams go off and play in their conference championships. So the way it's, so the way it's set up is you have these four teams, and whoever's in the top four gets to go off into the playoffs. Now, you may not agree with who's in the top four. Like I just said, I didn't agree with it too much because there were some teams that lost to to unranked teams. I don't believe should, that should have been kind of something that drops you out of the contention for the playoffs, but it didn't. So it's kind of an archaic process, and then those four teams go and play on New Year's Eve, and then whoever wins those two out of those two games goes off and plays in the championship. That's how it works. Okay. It's not a best of seven. It's not a best of five or anything like that. It's simply you play one game, whoever wins moves on. It's the way football has always worked. So it doesn't, and, it, and the system doesn't work. It's it, every year there's a problem. Okay. And, and like I said before, the playoffs were put in place to resolve grief, like grievances and problems within the system and saying, well, my team should have been there or my team should have been there because of this, or, you know, this conference never gives, gets enough credit or that team's always getting all the credit and blah, blah. You know what I mean? It, it was, it was meant to resolve that. Let the best team win. That's what everybody say. Well, we want the best team to win. I agree with that. However, in football, oftentimes the best team doesn't always win. It's usually the team that plays the best that day. Okay, so in order to minimize or to, I don't know, I don't know how to phrase this per se, but in order to make it as fair as possible and as interesting as possible, I think we need to do this. So the, the so right now there's only four teams, but this is how I think it should be set up. And it's very, very easy. We do not have to extend the season any further out. And I know that that is one of the biggest arguments that we'll have, you'll hear is that the season's too long. And listen, we could we could alter the twelve game regular season for sure. We could lessen the non conference games. I th- I personally don't think SEC should be playing non conference in November. The Big Ten plays more one more conference game than the SEC does, and yet the SEC gets the credit for being this powerhouse conference, and yet they don't they play non cons in November. But I digress. That's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. But maybe we can alter the the 12 game season to make the season shorter. But in my setup, you don't, we're not extending the season out further past January. We are adding games, but we're not extending it uh, out. And if, and if the, the number count is the problem, if people say, well, you know, 14 or 15 games is too many. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Again, then remove the two or three uh, non-conference games in September, slide the season back uh, and play lesser regular season games. We, we don't need to have, honestly, the snoozers that are, you know, Michigan playing Eastern Michigan. It's, it's, or, you know, Georgia playing, I don't know, UCF. I don't know. I'm just saying these non-conference kind of ugh, whatever in the beginning of the season. I understand why they do them. I get it. It's good for the, the lesser school. It's good exposure. It's good for the coaches, uh, for the bigger programs to kind of work out some of the kinks before they go into their conference play. I get all that. A hundred percent. And that's why I'm, I'm not saying we should 
even get rid of those. I want to keep it. I'd keep the 12 game schedule or just keep a couple of those in the back. Anyway, the way it is, is very simple. You have 10, we have 10 conferences and then you have the uh, independent conference. If you even consider that a conference, but you have 10 actual conferences and you have the independence. The 10 conferences are the A, the AAC. For those of you who don't know, you have, we have 10 conferences in the FBS, right? That's division one, a formerly the division one, a is now known as the FBS. You have the AAC, which is the American Athletic Conference. That's notable teams like Cincinnati, UCF, Navy, Temple. You have the ACC, teams like Clemson reside there, Wake Forest. You've got the Big 12, that's Oklahoma State, Texas, uh, go Longhorns. You've got Big 10, my, my conference, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Northwestern, the big boys. Conference USA, Southern Mississippi, UTEP. Uh, then there's the Mid-American Conference, Toledo, Eastern Michigan, Bowling Green, for instance, uh, then you have Mountain West that has like Boise State, UNLV, Air Force. Uh, and then there's the Pac-12 that's got teams like Oregon, Utah, and Stanford. And then you got the mighty, mighty SEC, uh, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, you name it, the big, powerful schools down in the south. Um, Sun Belt, App State, Texas State. And then the Independent, which it's not technically a conference uh, because they're not in a conference. And that's got teams like Notre Dame in it. Um, but 10 conferences overall. And I, and I, in my setup, um, I would, I would force these independent teams to get in on the con into a conference because 10 teams is what I'd want to be at. Uh, but you could do 11 that that's certainly acceptable too. And then out of those 10 conferences, you have what's called a power five, the power five conferences. And you've heard this before. Some of you who may not follow college football very regularly, but you may hear like, Oh, that, that team doesn't play in a very strong – they don't have a strong schedule. They don't have a strong – they're not in a strong conference, right? Somebody like Cincinnati would be not – is not in that um, – uh, in the Power Five. The Power Five consists of the SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12, and Big 12. That's your Power Five conferences. These are teams – excuse me, these are conferences that yield teams that have a lot of four- and five-star recruits, big players, big talent. And it's consistently that way. Um, I I would like the uh, an eleven team. So for all that being said, I think we should do an eleven team elimination. That includes all the conference champions, and one of the independent teams. Uh, and, and the way you would maybe do that, or a wild card team, you could do wild card. That's fun, right? For a situation where. Let's say Georgia, let's say Georgia does lose to Alabama in the SEC championship. That would mean Alabama would then ex would move on to the playoffs, and Georgia's season's over with. Okay, they go play a bowl game or something, maybe. Well, because Georgia's had a phenomenal season and they just happen to lose to Alabama, maybe that could be a wild card team. You know, I don't know. I'm just shooting. I'm shooting from the hip on that one. But a, a, an eleven team elimination that includes all your conference champions and the best independent team out of the independent schools or we could go to a 10 team exclude the independents and force them into a conference which is what i believe really should happen period but that's a stretch that requires some serious kind of moving and shaking but it feels like the eight it feels like the ncaa is moving in this direction it looks like they're kind of shuffling schools around there's schools that want to go to other conferences because they know it's better for their school so there's some moving and shaking going around overall in all these conferences. So maybe some of these independents will get on board and, and, and join a conference. But for now, let's just do it this way. 11-team elimination, 
Every team, every conference champion plays in the playoff. Okay, doesn't it? It, it you it doesn't matter. Um, at this point, then it doesn't matter where your ranking is in the top ten. Although you'll have to assume that if you're a conf- if you're in your conference championship, you're probably somewhere in the top ten. More than likely, your school is somewhere in the top ten or twelve, maybe top fifteen. Uh, if you if you're one of those schools that just had a really kind of half cruddy season, you, you maybe have two or three losses, but you're the best in your side of the, the conference on the west or east or whatever. You know, you may be you may be further in the back, but nonetheless, more often than not, that team isn't going to win the conference championship anyway. They're going to lose to the team that might be more dominant on the other side. Okay, like for like uh, the Big Ten's a good example of this. Uh, Iowa certainly a great program had a decent season, but not nearly as good of a season as Michigan. Certainly not on paper. Michigan was the, certainly the favorite favorite team that game, and it worked itself out. Michigan won. So you're going to see that a lot. This the, the, the conference championship is essentially a kind of a bracket to get into the playoff bracket, right? It's a preliminary in a way. So this is the this is the fairest, most uh, probably the easiest way. With a, with a 10 or 11 team, you do not have to add any additional weeks onto the schedule beyond New Year's Day. Instead of having and, – and there's a lot of reasons why this works, and I'm going to get into it right now. The reason why that this works so well is every conference then will have a fair shake at the title. Every conference has a fair shake. For, for so long, um, like – in, in the past, UCF comes to mind big time on this. Uh, UCF, uh, you know, that's a lesser – that's not in the Power Five. It's a lesser program. Um, they were undefeated. But they didn't They didn't get the nod to go to the playoffs. They kind of kept them just outside of it. And a lot of people thought that that was unfair because there were programs that had losses on their record that did get to go. And, in fact, I think that season – again, I'm not, I don't have it in front of me. I could look it up, but it might take a minute. I think two SEC teams went to that playoffs again, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was a Georgia-Alabama thing again. So there was a lot of arguments that UCF should have been able to go. And then, and a lot of people said, well, UCF doesn't have – they're just going to get smoked. And I said it doesn't matter. They should still get the chance to go compete because they had a great season. They ended up – they would end up destroying Auburn in, a, in the bowl game, just made a mockery of them, which further proved my point. And you can say, oh, well, you know, maybe some players sat out or something. It doesn't matter. It's Auburn. It's an SEC team. Auburn should easily manhandle UCF regardless, right? But they didn't. But to eliminate that argument altogether is to expand the playoffs to conference champions, and then UCF would have been in the playoffs. Whether they go all the way or not, that's not the, that's not the question. I don't care. I don't care if UCF doesn't go all the way. What I care is that if UCF has a standout season, they should be allowed to go all they should be allowed to go and compete in the playoffs. That would mean every conference has a fair shake. And and that's great. And the reason why that one of the one of the things that I think would be really would really help by doing that is it would improve the recruiting abilities of of these schools. I mean, you think about like an an ups, you know, think of an upset game over like a non-power five conference school over a power five school. You know what I mean? Like think about if think about if UCF went to the playoffs and beat an SEC or a Big Ten team and advanced. 
that year. That would have been huge, right? And that would have been huge for that school. That's a huge recruiting tool for them, and, and that's good. Um, when you have... When you have all these schools that can recruit better, you'll have what I would consider a level playing field. Okay. Um, how should I put it? You, if, if UCF can, can go and compete and recruit better, then that means they might be able to pull in some better talent to their school. And that might even pull better talent to that conference and that may actually kind of level things out a little bit. I think you'll get more opportunities for interesting and enjoyable matchups. Listen, it's no secret that the last several years of playoffs have been snoozers, and they've been very lopsided at that. This year is, is, is a great example. And I remember I was sitting on the couch with my father-in-law. We were watching the football game. And I looked over and I said, you know, I feel like last year was very this much the same way. It felt like it was just very lopsided. It was a blowout. It was just, it wasn't a really good game. And I ended up reading an article, an op-ed, uh, an opinion piece from a sports writer and, and it confirmed it. He said the average, the average scoring was 21 to one in these games. They were also lopsided. So adding more teams, expand, expanding beyond four teams to anything really should it increase the opportunity for a more interesting game and a more enjoyable matchup. The, the end outcome may be the same, right? Like let's say we had, let's say we had six teams this year instead of four Georgia and Alabama may very well be the ones in the national championship, but at least we'd have maybe some more enjoyable games leading up to that moment. Cause right now it was just, it was bad. And you know, and then look, there's a lot of reasons for the lopsidedness. Certainly the talented teams are one, but the large gap, I think one of the bigger things and the, the, the thing that this will eliminate is that large gap in time where teams play. Uh, essentially, it's a mo- about a month. I think it's like two or three weeks. Um, that doesn't help anybody, all right? That large gap from the time you play your conference championship until you, where you go to the playoffs, that's a huge time off, all right? Alabama doesn't need a month to prepare for Cincinnati. I think we can all agree about that. And I'm not even really sure Cincinnati needs a month to prepare for Alabama or even if that's going to help. I mean, they could probably use a whole year to prepare for Alabama. But, however, that, that month-long gap, that could be a momentum killer for teams, right? I mean, you think about it. You're on, a, you're on a roll. Let's say, like, you're Michigan, okay? Michigan was on a season high after beating Ohio State and then going on and winning the Big Ten Championship. They have that momentum. They've got that steam. They're ready to move, go. They're excited. And now you got to wait three weeks. That's like a that's like icing the kicker, and I get it. That's kind of an excuse, and in many ways it is. Uh, but that's certainly that big gap is horrible. And, and and you know what? Even if we stay with four teams, I think they should take that that fourteen playoff, and they should they should move it back. It should be it should be one of the weeks in the middle of December, and then leave New Year's Eve alone, and then do a New Year's Day championship game or something else because. First of all, it, it's just too much of a gap. I don't think it helps anybody. And I do think it does. I do think it, that, that, that lapse in time has a huge effect on teams that don't have so many five-star recruits and top talent. Someone like Georgia and Alabama with as many five-star athletes as they have that are so dialed in to perfection, they are, they are, it's easier for them 
to pick up where they have left off. It's harder for teams that have grinded all year and need and use that momentum to help get them over the top to just wait that three weeks out. I really do. I believe it down to my bones. I'm not saying that if we – now, if Michigan had played the, the week after the um, – conference championship would they have beat Georgia no I'm not saying that at all I don't I don't think that they would have they may have played better certainly there might there may be a difference I do think there would probably be a little bit of a difference in their performance but I don't think they would have necessarily beat Georgia not not at all I'm not saying that but I do think that has an effect uh, on the, the the scoring gap and the, the snoozing this is the snooziness of the game uh, more teams means a higher likelihood for more entertaining games, better matchups. And while the, again, like I've said, while the outcomes could be the same in this situation. So, you know, if Alabama is the only SEC team in the playoffs now, because it's only conference championships, Alabama may always go to the national title. They may just march their way to that, to that game every time. Okay. But there would still be more enjoyable ball games for, for fans and, and more cash for the coffers pockets, plain and simple. Everyone wins. More enjoyable games, more money, because you've got more games, more more exposure. Everybody's going to be tuning into the playoffs. It doesn't matter who's in it. Listen, everybody's always interested to see how teams perform in the playoffs because th- there's a lot of interest to that because, one, they're more than likely their team's probably in it. And even if it's not, they're always like, hmm, how is Cincinnati going to play against Alabama? Is Cincinnati, is Cincinnati going to find a miracle and pull an upset? I was th- I was interested. And Cincinnati looked good all year. You never know. It would have been so fun to watch that, right? If I mean, not if you're an Alabama fan, but if you're just a college football fan like I am, uh, you would have loved to have seen Cincinnati at least put a hurting on Alabama and make it close. That would have been fun to watch. So everyone wins. Everyone will tune into this. Everyone will watch these games. These are This is going to be essentially six more It'll be it'll be two more weeks of additional football, additional games that you may not have gotten before, or would not have gotten the exposure before. Because let's face it, bowl games are everyone tells you that bowl games don't matter. So the majority of people aren't tuning into bowl games that their team isn't playing in. But everybody watches the playoffs, so the playoffs will garnish the viewership it needs, regardless of how many games there are, you know, basketball has its March madness. There's no, absolutely no reason why football couldn't have their December madness version of that in December with the playoffs, something similar to it. I mean, who wouldn't want more football? I mean, the players are not going to protest this because frankly, it's, it's a couple more games. It's nothing unusual. You know, most of these teams will more than likely be in a bowl game anyway. So they're already going to play, if they lose their conference championship, they're going to go play a bowl game. If they win their conference championship, they're going to go play in a bowl game. They may even go to the playoffs. So they're going to play at least one more game anyway. So what's a couple more? The schools will get more exposure, which means more money and more students. I mean, after all, college football is a recruiting tool for these schools, right? I mean, right? That's what they tell you. <laughs> it's It's recruiting. The money goes to the kids. That's what they tell you. So the schools will get more exposure. The students will, they'll bring in more students. It'll be good for the schools. NBC, ESPN, they'll have more content. They're winning now. And, and again, let's face it, the four-team playoff is a snoozer. Especially when the Power Five 
today is really no longer in regards to the conferences. It's really just five teams. You got Alabama, Georgia, as of late. The power five teams have been Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, and then there's a kind of a wild card we could throw in there from time to time, like maybe like an Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Like Oklahoma kind of sneaks in there from time to time, and it shifts there. But the the top four is generally the same teams. You get Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. Notre Dame might come in there sometimes, but this this is this is how it is. So it, it the 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 four team playoff is is just so boring because it's been become so predictable. You know, you know these teams, they, they constantly recruit the best talent in the NCAA, and, and why not? They, they've made a name for themselves over the last 10 years, especially Alabama. I'm not even sure that, that Saban even has to try anymore when it comes to recruiting. I think everybody just wants to go play there who's a, who's a five-star athlete. He may have a little more competition these days with Georgia and stuff now, but for the most part, Saban's built himself a nice little empire over there. He's got a good, well-oiled machine now. And it didn't come without any work. I'm not taking anything away from him. By no means. Saban's a phenomenal coach. He's done great things. But he has built himself a tremendous program over there. And all, But offering a spot in the playoffs for every conference means every team in the FBS has a shot at the Natty. Period. And, and this is great for those lesser schools who struggle to recruit the top-tier talent. Because let's face it, you know, four- and five-star recruits – they don't. They don't want to go anywhere unless it's someplace where they can be seen and win big. So if they, if, if you get told, well, UCF, you can have a, an undefeated season and not and still not go to the playoffs. Why in the world would a four or five star athlete want to go play there? They wouldn't. They're going to go pick a program where they have a good chance of that. It, it's really just that simple. And you know, for the longest teams like Cincinnati and UCF and all that, these, these non-Power 5 conference teams, they all, they've never been on the top four list. They can't get there. They've had to have, you know, Cincinnati, like I said before, would have to have two, they had to have two winning seasons. They had to do the first season and the second season just to be like, okay, you're fourth now. And they were the only undefeated team in the top five. And they stayed at four and everybody else stayed at, including Michigan was in second place there. And, you know, Michigan lost to Michigan State. They shouldn't have been – I think they should have been below Cincinnati. Cincinnati should have moved above them. They had an undefeated schedule. I mean, if we're going off of that, right, and I get it, there's all kinds of factors that go go into, into play there. And, you know, again, while, yeah, I understand that the outcome of the Cincinnati game wasn't great, I get it. Everyone's, I know someone's probably yelling at their radio right now going, yeah, but Cincinnati got their butt kicked. Look what happened when they played Alabama. This is why these teams don't deserve to be in the, in the playoffs. They're just going to get walked all over. I understand that. It wasn't great, but it was still exposure for their program, who may now, in this instance, being in the playoffs, could pick up more three and or four-star athletes who otherwise would never have set start, who would otherwise maybe not start at, say, Ohio State. So the guys that can't start at Ohio State say, hey, Cincinnati looks pretty good. They went to the playoffs. I, I, That program's not too bad. I could go over there and do some good. They got a good coach. They got a good thing going. I'll go over there and play. I'll get exposure. You know, the days of, the days of having to be in a big program to get noticed are over with. I mean, hell, so many games are on TV now and social media and everything else. It's very easy for these football players to get a look if they're good. So Cincinnati may have got their butts whooped, 
Michigan may even got their butts whooped, but the, the, the positive is they were in the playoffs. So just being in there and having the ability to be there is going to be great for their program and their recruiting. And that will work for all, all these teams that could go to the playoffs. It's not just the four team, but that will work for the 10 or 11 team setup as well. This, this setup raises the recruiting tide for all ships, as, as far as I'm concerned. And, and, and I really do believe that over time, this could bring a nice balance uh, to the force in terms of recruiting and bring back some diversity in, in the top, in the top uh, even in the top five programs alone, let alone the, 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 just the FBS in general. I think it could help level some of the playing field out. Because right now, I mean, up until this year, there was no, there was nobody who was not power five in the top four as far as I know. Maybe they didn't believe, they didn't deserve to be there, but when a, when a team goes undefeated and you tell them you're in a lesser conference, well, that's not fair. And that just hurts their program. It hurts their school. And and you know maybe not. You know maybe maybe it doesn't change the recruiting, but we have to do something because the predictability of outcomes for college football games is just getting insane. I mean, these, these programs have – we've never seen such dynasties built to be godlike giants. I mean, Georgia's on their way to be like Alabama as far as I, as far as I can tell. Um, unless something changes next year drastically for them, they've got they're, – they're building up their program to be somewhat similar to Nick Saban where they will just dominate until they meet an equal or, an equal or better force. And the only equal or better force than Georgia as far as I'm concerned is Alabama. And, and even then, I don't know if Alabama's better. They just might be equal, right, and caught Georgia off guard. We'll find out uh, this Monday. So it, it may not change anything, but I do think we have to do what we can to help kind of maybe level this out because it's getting a lot of hand. You know, instead of hoping a coach retires, you know, like hoping Saban's going to retire next year so Alabama kind of goes back to what we would consider normal instead of being this ridiculous – pro minor pro level team, you know, let's try to level the playing field in other ways. Let's, you know, this, this will do that. I believe it it really will, you know, you know, many of these teams, yeah, they're going to get smashed, but, but who cares? Cincinnati goes, they get smashed. But what if Cincinnati goes next year, doesn't get smashed? What if they, what if they advance further than before? You know, every other adding more games is just one more hurdle for an Alabama team to win, to win over, to get, to get the natty. If you add, two or three more playoff games, that's two or three more games where, where Alabama has to show up and win. And you can ask Texas A&M all about Alabama and hurdles. If you know what I mean. I've always said, any given team, any given day, that this will shake it up big time, in my opinion. No breaks, no extensions. You could turn some of these bowl games that we would normally see these teams in, turn those bowl games into the playoffs like they did with the normal playoffs. You get the Orange Bowl. Right, it's the Orange Bowl and the Citrus Bowl or whatever. Anyway, you can turn some of those other bowl games into part of the playoffs. So those bowl games still get the recognition, still get their money, and everybody's happy because I know it's all about the money. It's all about those Benjamins, and I get that. This setup doesn't change that. Now, you could say, well, all right, fine, fair enough, 10, 10 to 11 games, but why not the top 10 ranked teams, Dave? Why not just do the top 10? Why not keep the voting system in place and just go off of that? Well, it's simple. I believe that you should have to win your conference and prove to, to prove and be, that you can be a national champion. 
in no other sport that I can think of can a team lose their division or conference and still be a champion, a national champion. You have to, you should have to win your conference. Okay. That's where you live. You live in your little conference bubble. That's who you normally will be playing with. Yeah. You'll have your non cons or warm up games at the beginning of the year, whatever. But the conference is where you reside. That's what matters. Now you win that. Then you can go and be a national champion. If you don't win your conference, then you don't deserve to be a national champion because you're not even a champion of your own conference. And this, the biggest thing, too, beyond that, because that's clearly just my opinion, but the thing it'll limit, the biggest thing, the biggest reason for this is it will eliminate the potential for repeat games. Like we're getting this, like the one we're going to have that we're going to be privy to this Monday. Oh, joy. <laughs> Yay. We get to see Alabama and Georgia face off again. I'm. I've, I've yawned <sighs> because it's ridiculous. And if my prediction is right, I think Alabama lays a smackdown on them. I think Alabama's got their number. I'm not saying Alabama's necessarily a better team. They, I don't think they're worse. I think they're about either equal or slightly better than Georgia. But but Alabama has Kirby Smart's number. And when Alabama lays a smackdown on them this Monday, it'll prove my point that we do not need repeats like this. It's just not entertaining. A lot of people are saying they're not even going to watch this game. People are going to tune out. I don't know how much of that's just talk. I have to watch it because my wife's a Georgia dog fan. Yeah, this was an awkward day. You want to talk about an awkward night? My wife's over there cheering on the on the couch, pointing at me, laughing, ha, ha, ha. And I'm sitting there sad, weeping into my, uh, my barbecue pulled pork that I made, watching my Wolverines get smacked down. It was a very awkward moment. But I will be forced to watch that game again next Monday. But I, I was going to watch it anyway. Let's just face it. I love college football. But we don't need repeats. You know what I'm saying? Especially this close. I can understand if maybe, they, you know, you know, if it happened or if they played each other earlier in the season or something, you know. So, you know, and sure, I get it. You know, if Michigan would have won or Cincinnati and they didn't, fair enough. But maybe Notre Dame wins over Georgia. Who knows? But the fact is this. You know, you now have a team who lost, you know, here's the biggest thing. You know, you say, that was my point a second ago. I may have been rambling. I apologize. Alabama destroys Georgia. And you could say, yeah, well, Michigan should have won or Cincinnati should have won. So that way these teams didn't play each other again. I get that. You know, but then again, maybe Notre Dame wins over Georgia. Who knows? You know, maybe, maybe Baylor gets in and wins. Who knows? Those teams were left out of the playoffs. Right. But here's the facts. This is what this is the problem I have. You now have a team who lost to Alabama, did not win their conference, potentially going to win a national title over Alabama, which means now both teams have lost to each other once this year. And it doesn't prove that the best team won. So if the argument is you want the best team to win, you're not going to get that next next week unless Alabama just wins outright. doesn't prove anything if Georgia goes into the national title and wins. It doesn't mean they're the best team in the league because they've already lost to Alabama. They're equals. But we can't do a best of three or a best of seven because football is just too aggressive and too demanding. You can't do it that way. So, and there's little consistency in sports when two teams on equal levels play each other. You're never going to get the same outcome. Georgia and Alabama could play each other 12 times this year, and I can guarantee you each game would go differently. They're very much, I think, very close to talent level. My point in all this is is Georgia, they had their chance in the SEC championship, and they didn't win. 
And I understand that sucks for Georgia fans. But Alabama did, so they should move on. And college football fans don't have to watch the same game played again. It, it, I just don't think that this can be good for the ratings. It just cannot be. And it certainly just is a head-scratcher. It's like, why are we, why are we doing, dealing with this? Conference champions means no repeats, at least for the most part. Like I said earlier, there are non-conference games that could cause a repeat, but at least those happen usually in September, you know, earlier on in the beginning of the season. So it's not as bad as, say, the conference championship, like the SEC championship that happened a couple weeks ago. Now we're getting a repeat a few weeks later. It's just not entertaining. No repeats. All teams have a chance to win the national championship. You get better recruiting because recruits will now be able to go and know that they can go to a different program that they, you know, and, and get playing time and potentially still go to a national championship. It'll be more entertaining, at least at least a better chance of entertaining games. No extended breaks in December. It's just continuous. And then you can finish off your New Year's Eve four-game playoffs. So by the time you get to the four teams in the bracket – That'll be the week of New Year's Day. So you can finish the four teams off anyway. So there's still enough time in in December, even with the holiday, Christmas, where you can still have those four teams play on, on New Year's Eve if that's such a big deal. And then they can play on New Year's Eve, wrap it up, and have the playoff in the, the championship game on that, that Monday a week out. So it all still works out. There's really no changes that need to be made. The only changes that will be made is you're going to add more teams and those games will be played the weeks after the conference championship games. And I think it's a win-win for every fan out there. I really do. I think it's a win-win for all of us. You know, it's the closest to fairness as we can possibly get. It would end the argument. The only argument that could be made was, well, you know, if Alabama didn't get lucky and beat us uh, in our SEC championship, we'd be in the cha- we would be in the national championship game. Okay, fair enough. But they did beat you. You know, your team may have had a perfect season, and then you lost the conference championship game. That's a huge bummer, but it could happen. That's football. You know, I mean, you even in best-of-seven formats, like you see in most sports, like NHL and basketball, I think basketball does, I don't fall basketball, uh, the baseball. Um, even when you have seven, seven games opportunities to win uh, and move on to the next bracket or, or win a championship, you see teams who have had dominating seasons – uh, still go into the playoffs and they just lose. They lose. They can lose in four games. Four games in a row. Boom, gone out. That perfect season means nothing. So you can make that argument. Oh, but we had a perfect season, and if we just hadn't lost the well, hey man, teams have perfect seasons every all the time, and then go and just just completely squander it in the playoffs. Heck, my Detroit Red Wings are known for that. My Detroit Red Wings had twenty five consecutive uh, playoff appearances. 25 consecutive is the most of any NHL team in the league. They set the record. And yet they didn't, more often than not, they were out in the first round. And there was times where they were President Cup uh, winners, which is they were like the best overall in the league. So not just the best in their conference, the Western Conference, I think, at the time uh, that they were in. They're now in the Eastern. But... They they were the they were best overall in the NHL team going into the playoffs and guess what boom out in the first seat, out in the first round. Yeah, it's a head scratcher for me too, <laughs> but that's sports. 
And, you know, the, the, but the beauty is, is usually more often than not the best team wins. That's usually the outcome. There are anomalies. Um, but in this situation, uh, especially in college football, you'll probably see more often than not Alabama or Georgia, whoever's the SEC team uh, in the playoffs. They're generally right now, as of right now, speaking in this moment only, uh, they are the best two teams in college football, and they are consistently the best two teams in college football. Clemson likes to slip in there and stir it up a little bit. Uh, there are a couple times where LSU had a had a, a, a year where they showed up, but then, of course, the next year they just kind of fell off. But my point is Georgia and Alabama are generally always in in the talking points, right? Definitely Alabama anyway. So, you know, Alabama goes to the, to the playoffs. There's a very light, high likely chance that they end up at the top, at the natty every time. But at least there's an opportunity for every conference. At least there's more opportunities for entertaining games. Um, I would, I mean, look at the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl was one of the fun, was probably one of the best games of football I watched was Ohio State-Utah game. That was, I mean, it was a shootout, don't get me wrong, but that was pure entertainment. That was better than any of the, the playoff games I watched. And so, but, and that's just two equally decent teams going at it, you know? And you'll see a lot of that in those playoff games. So you'll have a lot of entertaining games. Yeah, sure, Alabama might, you know, march on through them, but maybe not. I mean, look, Alabama struggled against Auburn. Alabama lost to Texas A&M. There's no guarantee that the game that they play is going to be some blowout. That Auburn game was was a good game. I can't believe Auburn lost it. I mean, I was really rooting for Auburn that, that day. That was that was cool. So you, there, that's my point overall is it's, it, it needs to go to something. If you want the ultimate fairness, if you want the to end the whole argument about who should be in and who shouldn't be, let every conference championship champion go. That settles it. Some years your team's not going to win the champion your conference championship. They're going to choke. It sucks. I know. Believe me. I'm from Michigan. I have the Red Wings, the Detroit Tigers, the Lions, and the University of Michigan. I know what it's like to be disappointed. Okay. Uh, I understand what it's like to have a very good program and then watching that program not close. Um, it just happens. But I've also seen my programs raise the Stanley Cup and win national championships in college football. So it is, it happens. So, but on that note, that is my opinion. And I want to hear yours. Please hit me up on social media. Hit me up on Facebook, the rant uh, with David King on Facebook. You can hit me up on Instagram with the rant with David King on Facebook. You can also go email me at David King dot the rant at gmail.com and we can talk about it hit me up and let me know what you think the playoff should look like maybe you have a different layout maybe it's the same maybe you agree with me just you hey hit me up and say i agree that'll make me feel good most of the time everybody wants to argue about this but nonetheless uh, i think this is the easiest implementation of of a better playoff system without having to change too much. Cause that's the biggest thing at the end of the day, if the NCAA has to make a lot of huge changes that are maybe expensive or may, um, cost their, you know, people like bowl sponsorships, they may lose bowl sponsorships or their sponsors may not get paid as much because of something. We don't want that. So we, we, this, this will limit that as much as possible. You could certainly tweak the regular season if you really had to, I don't think you do. Um, this is just two additional games for these teams that would go to the playoffs. It's not a big deal. You know what I'm saying? So 
I think that this is this to me is the the way of the future. Will we ever get to that? I doubt it. You know, um, it, it's we, we haven't changed anything yet. So you have to ask yourself: if they haven't changed anything now. Will they change anything at all? This goes into my SEC conspiracy, the BCS SEC conspiracy. That's a whole other topic for a whole other show. Why are they not changing anything? Why is it okay for two SEC teams to get into the playoffs? Why does it seem like there's a favoritism to turn down the outro music? I'm not ready to cut out. I'm going to go on a rant real quick. Why is it the SEC gets favoritism every year? I get it. Georgia's phenomenal this year. They are this year, but for the most part, they've been no better than Clemson or any other program for the last five or six years. Sure, they're on, they're they're trending up, and I get that. So it you know, but the fact of the matter is they keep losing to Alabama when they play Alabama, and so why is Alabama don't the only should be the only team going to the playoffs? That's my point. There seems to be a little bit of favoritism. That's a whole other. That's a whole other thing. I'm not going to get into it. We're already at an hour and 12 minutes, and you've heard me rant about college football. Hit me up on social media, folks. I'm so happy to be back with you this year. 2022 is going to be a phenomenal year for all of us. Remember to go check out No Apologies, Apologetics with David King. I'll catch you guys later this week. God bless.